impression? Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, bring that up. That's actually really funny. I don't watch Joe very much, but he's trending right now because of all his... Is he stuff. under some heat? Oh, he's under some heat. I mean, he's also under some cold. What happened? <laughs> it's been years of Joe Rogan picking up steam has led <laughs> to him saying some things about uh, COVID and the vaccine in particular. So Joe Rogan's someone who's always given a platform to uh, a wide variety of people, you know, socially, politically, uh, and intellectually. <laughs> Varietally? And so, uh, yeah, he, he's gotten some uh, heat in recent months for misinformation. And uh, But Spotify said, because he's a cash cow for Spotify, because I think they scored an exclusivity deal with him. It's kind of like what we're going for, you know, we want one of those. <laughs> uh, and so they said basically they're not going to like, you know, take him off their platform. And a lot of other artists have been, musical artists have been like removing their content from Spotify in response because they're like, oh, that is what's happening. And Spotify said, we will not change our policies based on like a single creator or something. Mm -hmm. But they have started issuing content warnings like uh, user discretion is advised sort of things. It's like becoming Twitch or something. Well, yeah, I mean... For me, for audio, all media platforms are spiraling towards the singularity. It's like we're we're just here watching it happen. It's fine. Wow, how end crazy! Times. Yeah, it's great. It's end times. End times. <laughs> Speaking of end times, <laughs> what are we here to talk about today? Uh, it's the end of Star Wars. Oh yes, Star Wars is over. <laughs> We've killed it. We've officially. We thought it was dead many times in the past. One of but, my one of my favorite things you've said so far is I'll never say anything bad about the sequel trilogy ever again. That I said that in a heat of passion. I probably will continue to say bad things <laughs> okay. about the sequel trilogy, but I, I look at them now in a different light. It's kind of how we look, you know, having had Donald Trump, we look at past Republican presidents as like whoa less evil, but even though they were still the same amount. We're gonna of evil. get flagged now before you say. No, I'll say the keyword to get flagged: COVID nineteen, <laughs> <laughs> coronavirus, corona Va- vaccination. <laughs> so, what are we doing today? We're doing the Book of Boba Fett. Yes. The latest Disney Plus series yes. from Disney, <laughs> from Star Wars. And the Book of Boba Fett is a spinoff on a side character that first appeared in Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, became, <laughs> became a fan favorite, known as the fiercest bounty hunter in the galaxy for many years, decades, in fact, with the fans, amongst the fans. Um, and this is the first series or first motion picture work where he's not starring, but featuring. It's supposed to. It's supposed to be him as the star. Him Potentially ha- the last. having his own title. Yeah, yeah. He, it's his namesake, but it's not Boba Fett's <laughs> show. <laughs> so if you're familiar with Star Wars at all, then you'll know that it's its own world of different characters, and some of those characters are bounty hunters, and Boba Fett is one of them. And uh, some of them are civil planners, daimyos, you know, sure, regional lords, because Boba Fett is no longer a bounty hunter in the show. Yep, which was it came as a shock for several people. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to say I apologize to Bryce for not being here today, he's in another country. I also made the executive decision that to kill Bryce. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you do this? No, I made the executive decision to go ahead without him because I figured this show was so crazy that you and I will be able to carry this one on our own <laughs> and we'll already have so much to say. If we want to keep the runtime at a reasonable yeah. you know, duration, then it'll probably just 
need to be both. Although I'd love to hear Bryce's thoughts more in depth in the future once he's back from his adventures. He's traveling around the world, living his best life, and I'm happy for him. Yeah, so here's to you, Bryce. I know that you agree with us on a lot of this. But anyway, <laughs> okay, so so what happens in the book of Boba Fett? Good luck. <laughs> where do we begin? The Tell us where we left Boba Fett in the original trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this. Yes, I, you can. I, I just realized... You can't. It would it would be ten minutes of me explaining what the hell is going on. Well, you gotta give the listeners something to chew on. Maybe just like a what is this show meant to be? Okay, so after episode six, mm-hmm. Boba Fett supposedly gets eaten by the Sarlacc pit after an encounter with Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. Well, not supposedly. It did happen. <laughs> oh yeah, he true. got straight up eat. He eat. There's this famous like cut. It cuts to the Sarlacc pit and the Sarlacc burps, and people wondered if. Oh, I see. If he ever actually got eaten, right? And we we didn't find that out until episode one of this series. Mm-hmm. But he did show up in season two of The Mandalorian. He's sort of intertwined in that series, and then at the end of season two of Mandalorian, he, after helping the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, he goes back to where he was once working for Jabba the Hutt on Tatooine. Everybody's favorite desert planet. Outside of Moss Espa. Not Moss Eisley, to be confused. And kills Bib Fortuna, who established himself as the ruler after Jabba the Hutt died in episode six. And again, this is like five to six years later. He kills Bib Fortuna and then takes the throne. And then so this series picks up with him trying to establish his name and become what they are calling, which is now Star Wars canon, the daimyo mm-hmm. of this little area of tattooing of the city of Mos Espa. Wait, what is a daimyo, Stephen? Uh, it's when you have 10 cents <laughs> and you're able to purchase a yo-yo. <laughs> daimyo. <laughs> it's a regional like feudal lord. Like It's a, a term from Japanese lore, <laughs> real world lore. Yeah, it's kind of like... But he's also like Star- a, cr- a crime lord. Yeah, Star Wars has always sort of been taking from Japanese art film and like samurai kind of culture. And so Daimyo is just another way that that sort of has made its way into the Star Wars lore. Uh, I mean, also like it's Star Wars also pays homage to Westerns in a heavy way. So those are like some of the two bases for like the lore of Star Wars. And then also obviously kind of getting into westerns like and, space or galaxy sci-fi yeah westerns and and samurai films already had that sort of relationship with each other and then star wars just brought yeah. them both into the yeah science fiction age so what happens in the book of boba fett yeah so we come to find out that he escapes the sarlacc pit and then he gets his armor stolen and By that who? that whole journey you can watch in mandalorian season two i'm not going to go into it oh, okay. and then he makes friends with the Tuscan Raiders or a clan of Tuscan Raiders. Cause I guess they're all different. One of the nicer clans. I yeah. Think. So we see like a bit of Tuscan Raider lore that we never got before with that part was actually kind of cool. And then we see him sort of trying to become a family man <laughs> with the Tuscans. He no, learns then he, I'm trying to help you. No, you're not helping. Yes. <laughs> no. Then because of 
uh, something in the Star Wars universe called spice. It's not the same spice that you'd find in the Dune. spice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, it's basically the same shit. <laughs> kind of. I was gonna say it's the thing that makes with the your hyperdrive slightly go. less mystical properties. It's mostly just. Uh, a drug. Yeah, so so because of the spice trade sort of working its way into Tatooine, his whole Tusken Raider family gets killed, and that's why he decides to go back to Tatooine and try to stop the spice trade. And also, he wants to be like, a, you know, a better, more ethical ruler than Jabba the Hutt was. So he goes and kind of thrones himself, and it doesn't go so well, and all these forces, the mayor of the town, and uh, the local gangs and stuff start to oppose him. And in a couple sentences, the Mandalorian shows up and stars for a couple episodes, literally pushing Boba Fett out of his own show. Mm-hmm. And then the finale happens where they have kind of a big showdown shootout type Western type thing. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with the good side Mandalorian Boba Fett winning. Fennec murders everyone that, that was politically working against the city that was pro spice trade and or assassinates, I should say. And then uh, we move on. Good job. An- another element is that they brought in a very fan favorite character named Cad Bane, who was from introduced in the clone wars, very, very popular fan favorite character. So he's, he's been around for like at this point, like 25 ish years. So he's a little old, which is why they made that reference mm-hmm. that he's old. And then they brought him in, you know, at the end of the the second to last episode, just to kill him in the finale, the fan favorite character of Cad Bane. That was that was a choice. Although I'm not entirely sold on his death yet, like in terms of it actually happening. He got stabbed in the heart. <clears throat> yeah, the but chest. I mean, if if we want to look at clues that he might not be dead, he his uh, Thundercat pack had a blinking light. Thundercat has been like basically taking dead people and resurrecting them. Yeah, so. Thunder I mean, Ca- Star Thunder- Wars as a franchise resurrects dead people all the time. Thundercat, <laughs> true, true. Thundercat uh, is a musical artist yes, who is in this series as well, basically as the engineer guy who with the, with the yellow dreadlocks. Uh, I love his music outside of this show, and I, I have for a long time. He's also like a self-proclaimed nerd, so him being in Star Wars isn't a big deal just for the fans of his, but also probably to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the other element of this show that like, there are a couple other, uh, small characters in episode six that popped yeah, up. Yeah. Um, like I said, it followed Mandalorian for two episodes. It felt like the series Mandalorian for episode five and episode six, which fans are calling the better part of the show. Fans are calling it that. And <laughs> in that episode, we had Ahsoka return mm-hmm. Rosario Dawson re portraying that role. Luke Skywalker shows back up as he did at the end of season two, played by Mark Hamill and the body double and the the voice emulator. The deep fake. Yeah, the deep faking. And then Grogu, uh, Baby Yoda, Grogu shows back up again. And anyway. He's back with Mando now. And then we get Amy Sedaris back as the mechanic. And she gives Mando a new ship. Mando's technically in full exile now from his clan. Mm Mm-hmm. We saw his, the, his clan of two people. Yeah, we saw the armor again. The woman who forges Beskar as well as, what's the dude's name? John Favreau. Well, he's an important Mandalorian character whose name I'm forgetting, but 
He fought Mando for the Darksaber in episode five, and he got his ass beat, so. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, there's a lot of... Things to say. There's a lot of things to say here, Gabe, Gabriel. I It was all I could do to keep myself from cracking jokes throughout your description. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you and I could essentially sit down and watch this whole thing and do like a mystery science theater oh, yeah. of it, because so much of it is absolutely... Okay, you already have to suspend the disbelief to believe what's <laughs> happening in the Star Wars universe. But this this was like this whole show felt like not the whole show, but much of the bones and like the skeleton of the show felt like the equivalent of like some six or seven year olds on a playground talking about like, oh, it'd be so cool if like such and such popped up and then this happened and then this person <laughs> like you thought was dead and then it came back from oh and then what if like like King Kong started to destroy the city and then like <laughs> fought Mecha Godzilla and then climbed a tower and they had to shoot him down and oh like what if they used the force to like tame King Kong like it it was like the equivalent of if it's a bad fanfic yeah children were put in charge of precious Star Wars content and then this is what we got now kids also choreographed the show <laughs> and wrote it <laughs> <laughs> now. I have to say, as a disclaimer, the whole show was not bad. There was a lot of good amidst a lot of the the bad. It was peppered in. <laughs> no, there were some really good moments. Like, think about episode four. Or all of episode five. <laughs> yeah. Think about episode four when, like, the slave one, which is no longer the slave one, but... Just the is, one. Is... <laughs> is... <laughs> Is flying over, flying over the Sarlacc pit, and then drops a bomb into it. That, oh yeah, that was a really cool moment. And the Tuscan Raider lore is also really cool. Like something I didn't know that I wanted. That I definitely was like, oh, it'd be so cool if it was in a Tuscan Raider show. And mm-hmm. I was watching this. Yeah. I'd really want to know. But like, you know, I didn't. I never knew that Tatooine used to be a water planet, so to speak. And I'm disappointed they didn't address that again at all. Well, I think cool. leaving it the mystery that it is is sort of fascinating. Yeah. And then and then seeing Boba Fett climb out of the Sarlacc pit, which they did with practical effects, like they they practically made the stomach of the Sarlacc pit. That was really cool. That was his best moment. Was the first <laughs> few minutes of yeah. the show. And then uh, we get to the Mandalorian stuff, and Din Djarin shows up, and his whole episode's great, apart from Amy Sedaris a little overacting, but she's still fun in this. <laughs> That that episode five was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, and then episode six was directed by God King Star Wars himself, Dave Filoni, who we've talked about before in this podcast. Yeah. So you can go back and listen to our other Star Wars episodes to uh, hear about Dave Filoni. But, you know, he directed and threw all of his characters in, including Luke Skywalker. Just a, a big old character. Yeah. Mashup. And it felt like it felt like a little overkill. To, to be honest. And I mean, it wasn't absolutely terrible. Like it was one of the better episodes out of the seven episodes that we got. Yeah. That was the episode that brought Cad Bane back. And then that positioned us up for the finale episode, which I was hoping to God would be Favreau himself or Peyton Reed, who directed the season finale over the, last, last, Howard. Over the last season. But who was it? The none other... <laughs> Than Satan himself. Oh, no. <laughs> no. The man who killed Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> then Robert Rodriguez. And he had also directed two previous episodes, episode one and three, that introduced the Power Rangers. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Describe what that is for just brief. Power Rangers. Not Power Rangers. Okay. (laughs) Describe what you mean in the context of the show. They're basically the gang from Back to the Future 2 ripped out of that future, dystopic future, and put into the Star Wars universe. And they were given primary color speeder bikes, like matching speeder bikes. There are more of them. There are more vibrant colors in the gang scenes than there are in the last like 20 years of Star Wars. Yep. It's hard to look at sometimes. It's hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. Because of that. Anyway, so, and then there's this chase scene at the end of episode three that has been heavily criticized ever since. And I've seen uh, like dozens and dozens of memes about it already. Universe's slowest chase. (sighs) And Robert Rodriguez, up to that point, up to episode three, people were hoping we were beyond him and that he was kind of proven to not be the greatest director for Star Wars content. That's the most diplomatic way I could say that without being a dick, because I don't have a lot of good things to say about Robert Rodriguez. Listen, he's, he's made some interesting things in the past. Interesting. He has a, he has a very distinct style. And Spy it just, Kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Spy Kids is the style. It's Spy Kids is great. So if you want Spy Kids <laughs> inserted into Star Wars, that is essentially what happened in the finale of this episode. Yeah. There was campy action. Like the worst kind of campy action. Campy dialogue, which I don't think was his fault, but I think he made it worse. Like he directed the actors to speak their lines in a worse way, if in you a, can imagine. Yeah. And then how they interacted on screen and then how that was captured on screen yep. by him directing the cinematographer to capture those moments mm-hmm. was very bad. Robert Rodriguez. I was so Im- impassioned by watching the finale that I tweeted for the first time in a, uh, about six months. Wow. And I'm going to, I'm going to read those tweets now. Okay. Steven reads, you. Steven reads his own tweets live. <laughs> so, this is, my, this is me summarizing in one tweet, The Book of Boba Fett. Apart from the already meandering story, I believe the show was made worse because of Robert Rodriguez. His direction seems purposeless and naive. There needs to be a Rodriguez separation from Star Wars content if there is to be any actual success going forward. And by success, I mean good Star Wars content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And then I tweeted this as well because this whole show reminded me of uh, something that we learned in film school and the quote was uh from our gosh i think it was from our the director of the program or the script writing teacher but he said you can't just have cool moments interspersed between senseless story you have to earn them you have to earn the moments by creating compelling story Mm -hmm. absolutely and i think that was the Despite all the schizophrenic madness happening in the show, like every part of the production being kind of subpar, the core of what made the show so weak is that Boba Fett as a character is just really not compelling in his own show. Not even the fact that he wasn't in half of it. Well, that's, but that, okay, that's where I disagree because I don't think that that fact is actually true. I think what we saw of him not being a compelling character is true, but I think it's because of how it was written and how it was literally captured and then portrayed to us because of bad direction that made it so that he seems like he's not a compelling character. That's, that's kind of what I mean. It's okay. like the, the delivery. Of I just it. want to make the distinction because there is a difference between, because there's an opportunity. You'd have to agree. I think that there's an opportunity for him to be a compelling character. Oh, sure. Okay. I mean, even though they just didn't do it, knowing nothing about him before Mandalorian season two, he was already a compelling character because he was so mysterious and yeah. ambiguous. 
but now we've we've turned him into something that all the fans didn't even really expect. He's now like uh, yeah, he's a basically a another version of Mando where he's this kind of roguish character with a heart of gold, and he just wants to do right by his town and his yeah. people. Yeah, but it was delivered in a way that in, in everything that happens in this show that he seems to have little to no agency, and he seems to not be very smart. Like he's he's always getting like caught off guard and yeah. stuff. I mean, but but even that's a little self-contradicting within the laws of the show. Like I was showing you in the last episode how he stayed on the Rancor through being tossed and turned. He should have been tossed off multiple times. And then the thing that tossed him off was almost like a little to no jolt by the Rancor. Yeah. He got like hit by Cad Bane like a bullet and then... It, the rancor barely moved and he fell off. He's like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. and and that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about is like the laws of the show of this particular star Wars show. Cause it, it wasn't, there's a little bit of this in Mandalorian, but it's, it's uh you can just move past it because you're like the rest of the show is so good that it doesn't matter. Right. In this, the laws of the show are so uh, self-contradicting that yeah. it makes the whole thing just feel like nothing matters. And as an audience member, as a viewer, it just drives you insane. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right about the the character of Boba Fett. I mean, it essentially is Kevin Costner and Dances with Wolves. You know, he's applying the, the laws of nature to his way of life as he comes back and tries to set up, like I, like I said, like an ethical dynasty, I guess, or whatever. But I want to hit real quick on that thing you said about the show feeling kind of meaningless and if like i said during when we were watching the last episode a few days ago and i said to you it feels like they just switched writers like mid scene scenes yeah <laughs> between scenes and mid scene sometimes throughout the final episode and the final episode is like kind of the most egregious example of this for the entire show because like you said the rancor is, is the perfect example because boba fett and mandalorian are concerned with destroying the city initially yeah, the, the first thing they say is we got to stop these things. Why do they say that? Because they say they will destroy the whole city, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> and then tell them what happens. In the rancor, which Boba Fett brings into play to yes. defeat the robots, yes. then destroys the city. Destroys so much of the city. It destroys half the city with Boba Fett on top, and then it destroys the <laughs> other half as soon as Boba Fett's knocked off. Yeah, because apparently rancors hate fire, and so it runs away, and then becomes enraged, and then. Baby Yoda, Grogu has to stop it. And here's something else. Couldn't Boba Fett just have gotten into his fire spray, Slave One, and done the same thing? Yeah. To stop the Mecha Godzillas instead of bringing in King Kong? Like I said, that is something that it's like this show is not obeying the laws of the show that it established. Mm -hmm. It completely abandoned any sensible... (laughs) That's the perfect word. Sensibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would a reasonable man do? <laughs> and, and it was as if, it was, again, the equivalent as if a fucking seven-year-old or mm-hmm. eight-year-old on a playground talking to his friends just like, oh, what if he rode the Rancor and Moss Espa and destroyed everything? <laughs> like, it's, it's so ridiculous. Talk about the... The 10, 20 minute scenes where people are just running away from the. Yeah, what, that, what so they, they cut it? back to this this group of freemen, free people. The Freetown folk. Freetown folk, which used to be another moss. I can't remember what it was called. Moss Pelgo? Yeah, yeah, the third moss in, on Tatooine. It was only, just a wasteland. <laughs> it was a street, you know. <laughs> it was a street. So now they're called free people. Free folk. Free folk. And they show up to help, 
Because they're like, our dude's destroyed because of the... Because Cad Bane shot Timothy Oliphant in, in the breast. Womp womp. <laughs> but he's he's still alive because they're bringing him back via Back to Tank and Thundercat. Cyber Vanth. <laughs> <laughs> Cyber <Fant. laughs> So anyway, they show up and they're like a diverse group of people of color. And, a motley crew. And <laughs> aliens and stuff. And um, they team up with Zoe Deschanel and... The cyborgs. Her lookalike. Yeah. Sophie Thatcher. Yeah, whatever. It's Ash and it's Drek and it's Dredge and Ack. <laughs> it's those the two splicers, what the are girl you saying? and the dude with the You mean their names in the show? Yeah, it's like Dreg. Who cares what their names are? <laughs> it's Ack. It's Ash. I don't it doesn't matter. Don't even say it. <laughs> it's tough. No one wants to know who these characters are. No one wants to know. No one likes them. I like her. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude Stop. He did the spinny move. That doesn't even <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Like for one second, Black Chewie's like standing there all hurt, and then the other dude just turns around, and then Black Chewie holds up his gun. Insane, insane. Sorry, but the free folk are running. They're running, and they keep running. They cut back to them like four to five times, running in the street, running away from the massive droidica, the mm-hmm. the scorpionic, the scorpionic, or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I'm very impassioned because I was really looking forward to this show. I was really looking forward when Disney bought Star Wars from Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. They took a census of the fans' favorite characters, and at the top was Han Solo. Then it was Obi Wan and Boba Fett, and people were excited because they were like, "Oh, we're going to get movies." Because they had announced not only the three sequel trilogy movies, but then they announced three spinoff movies in between those years. One was going to be Han Solo, one was going to be Boba Fett, and one was going to be Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Well, we started with Rogue One, actually. And then it was going to be Obi-Wan and Boba Fett. So Boba Fett was a fan favorite character, has been for, like, again, like I said, 40 years. And people have been waiting to see him crawl out of the Sarlacc pit and waiting to see what happens. And he had in the books, like the extended universe. Yeah. What do we get, finally, is a show that lasts seven episodes, two of which... He doesn't even appear or say one line. There's he's, one shot of him in episode He's six. sidelined completely for two episodes of his own show, while the character that we actually care about, Mandalorian, who is acting as the substitute for the Boba Fett that we actually wanted to see, mm-hmm. uh, takes the mantle for two full episodes, and we actually then start to pay attention and care. And then everyone who's watching the show that was watching because they love Star Wars, they love Boba Fett, and they also watch Mandalorian are texting all the people that just watched Mandalorian going, you got to watch this show now that Mandalorian's in it. And after the second episode of this, after Luke Skywalker shows up, Again, we see none of Boba Fett after Grogu shows up and Luke's Luke's training Grogu for like 10 to 15 minutes. And then Ahsoka's just hanging out by a tree. And then she like has a moment with Luke about like, like knowing his dad and stuff. She's an old family friend. Your mind as a fan of Boba Fett and watching the show is just like, what is going on? Why is this all of a sudden just a Mandalorian show? It makes absolutely no sense (laughs) at all. I am still angry about that because I felt I, I felt like I was lied to. It felt like I ha- I saw a trailer for something that was like, this is going to be a rom-com. And it turns out to be like a horror show, you know, like something completely misleading. And I kind of think that I can imagine what happened. What I think happened is Favreau, Filoni, 
they brought Rodriguez in thinking that that's a good idea because because the reason is that Favreau's friends with Rodriguez. That's that's why he's here. And he's executive producing the show. They bring him in and at the table, like, what are we going to do for Mandalorian season three? And they're like, oh, we have some ideas. We want him. Maybe because Boba Fett helped him out. Maybe he should go help Boba Fett out with something. And they're like, oh, well, if we're going to do that, like, is Boba Fett going to be like the center of a couple episodes? Yeah. Like, that'd be kind of cool. Like, you know, they did that with The Wire. So like, why can't we do it here? Like, well, if they're going to do that, we should just call it the Boba Fett show rather than the Mandalorian season three, which is what it should have been. And that is where I think Disney got the idea to start to market this show as the book of Boba Fett rather than season three of Mandalorian. And when season three of Mandalorian actually comes out, that will actually be season four of Mandalorian because this was season three of Mandalorian. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what's so bizarre to me as a fan of Star Wars, as a fan of the show, The Mandalorian, and as a fan of Boba Fett. It was so sad, like deeply hurtful to see Boba Fett not starring in his own show and be completely overshadowed by the fan favorite Din Djarin Mandalorian and Grogu and Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka. Yeah. And Cad Bane. He he was (laughs) not even like a tertiary character he was like the seventh and then even black chewy kirk kirk Cockwin, snack santo whatever his name is santon yeah is cooler than boba fett in this show uh-huh <laughs> yeah yep and is, is a more interesting character they- and he doesn't even speak english <laughs> no he's kind of racist too but anyway oh black chewy yeah when he ripped off the trend ocean's arms or something Anyway. Oh, and they killed the two Gamorrean guards that have been around forever. They, yes. they just straight up killed them. Feels bad for those guys. And then they killed Cad Bane. Again, what the after, what, what in the actual fuck after, like, is going on? <laughs> Alright, take a deep breath. You know what? It doesn't also, even make sense. Doesn't it, make sense. I, I also feel bad for the Mando show because there was collateral damage in basically ruining a potential season there Ugh. of character development because now Mando is just right back with Grogu after just having left him with Luke at the end of season two of Mando. And now in like a single episode, we've just thrown back together. We solved all those problems. Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, you're right. It should have been a season of being apart and coming back together. Even half of a season would have been good. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the thing is like, I'm not beginning to think this. I've thought it since season one of Mandalorian, but these Disney shows that try to do seasons of television, they, they're not actually constructing the arc of the episodes as one arc. They're basically like one-off episodes or maybe two episode structures where like you have something going on. There is sort of an overarching story of this, this idea of the second siege of Mandalore coming in. If you don't know what that is, go look it up where Din Djarin with the Black Saber is going to have to go kind of retake, recapture Mandalore. Hopefully. And we think that's where it's going. And so there's that overarching idea that that might happen. But ultimately, every episode feels like, you know, what was traditionally called the Freak of the Week episode, like like going off of like X-Files or Smallville or uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where every episode is like, this one episode is dealing with this one thing. And then by the next episode, you completely forgot about what was going on in the previous episode. And you move forward with the new thing that's in front of you. And for the people that are in charge to not respectfully understand where we're at with television now and storytelling and television now, and then implement that into this show to make it even better to enhance it is so 
like I said, it's it's sad. I take it personally. Mm-hmm. It's because it's almost insulting, not only to like everything I know about television, because we're we're now like in the in, like post the age of the platinum age of television, where we can apply all the things that we've learned <laughs> to make better shows, and we're not making a better show. It's insulting to my intelligence. It's insulting to me being a Star Wars fan, and it's insulting to me on a personal level. And here's here's the thing too is that I'm also a conundrum because I do like parts of the show, but like I was saying, I just keep thinking about that thing that we learned in film school. Like you can't just have cool moments in your show unless you have earned those moments. And this show did not earn any of the cool moments that we got, and it's unfortunate and sad, deeply painful and sad yeah you nailed it and i can't believe that disney the (laughs) machine who has an unlimited amount of money and is willing to put money into this has put people in charge who don't understand how to make an overarching narrative well the thing is and we've seen filoni and favreau be capable of doing that i know but i i'm like i'm thinking like is there someone there like Kathleen Kennedy, <laughs> who is like, who's like saying, that's not going to work. We're going to make things worse. We have to make, we have a stupid audience. We like, haven't hit our quota for shit dialogue. <laughs> and I'm not even saying to make it. Yeah, I know. Right. God, that's so funny. But like, I'm not even talking about making the show worse in the sense that like we make it really adult and like everything. Yeah. You can keep it family friendly. You yeah. can keep it family friendly, but also just make it good. Stop making it bad. Mm-hmm. There should be, is there a, like a, a hashtag on Twitter trending that says stop making Star Wars bad. There probably is. <laughs> Gosh. Then what's also strange is it went beyond the storytelling in the book of Boba Fett. There was a surprising lack, something that Star Wars has always been known for is its quality of, um, amongst other things, its production design and its visual effects. And there was a lot of shitty looking stuff in this show. <laughs> I mean, just not the least of which is the, the Vespa crew or the Power Rangers, the Voltron boys and girls, boys and girl. <laughs> Uh, which is a total like tonal dissonance in terms of visual like, right. style. And the same thing when they in episode four when they walked into Thundercat's place and there's like techno playing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so weird. It felt like Tron for a second. And you're like, yeah. what's going on? And then, like you said, though, some of it looks great. Like the Rancor looked good. Yeah, because it, it seemed like there was a blend of practical and visual effects with the Rancor. And the Rancor, mm-hmm. apart from the fact that it's completely unnecessary, looked great. <laughs> yeah. So we know there are there are flashes of of brilliance and inspiration here but it's just flashes as a show it's a mess it's like yeah it is tone the whole show is tonally dissonant like i said it's self-contradicting and it it tonally like you said it's like it changes from like one scene it's schizophrenic yeah yeah and you're just like (laughs) what is happening it's it's like tonally it couldn't figure out what it actually wanted to be Mm -hmm. which again is extremely sad and an, an atrocity to the character of boba fett or what could have been an amazing character, Boba Fett, because now that Disney owns Star Wars, this will forever be the canon of fucking Boba Fett. Yeah, it they seems... can't retcon it because it just happened. I mean, they're not retconning anything they're doing, so they're probably not going to retcon. I just want to re-edit the whole thing, Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think we need... I watched the Chef episode, the John Favreau episode, Chef, which is based off of the movie he made with Robert Rodriguez, where they're making pizzas in his kitchen. He's got a really nice like a rich person kitchen with like a a wood fire uh, oven in his kitchen. They're making pizzas on Robert. Just stick to making your pizzas in your kitchen. Don't touch star Wars again. (laughs) Were they good pizzas? Who cares? But you're right. Yeah. That's uh, the book of Boba Fett. And it would be, there needs to be a Robert Rodriguez separation. 
<laughs> we need to get a petition circulating. I just can't believe, I can't believe it. Like how did John Favreau, who's a, actually like a really smart filmmaker, see the dailies, like the episodes, like the fight, even like the, the rough guts of episodes one, three, and seven, and think we should release these to the public. That's what makes me question everything mm-hmm. in life. I'm questioning everything in life. I'm Steven. This is Gabe. Yeah. This and, is the cold podcast. And that's the this book is, of Boba. This is me angry. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. Star Wars is dead. <laughs> Again. <laughs> oh, that's what something I was going to say Until too. May. And that's when Obi-Wan comes out. Yeah. God, I hope Obi-Wan's good. It has to be. I, I will refuse anything less than, <laughs> real, than, than perfection. I was going to say that it is interesting because when we had the originals trilogy of star wars films and then the prequels started coming out people were just like shitting on the prequels Mm -hmm. you know yeah like dude these are the worst and now like i said and then what no no what (laughs) happened is you know that's all we had though we had we only had those six episodes and then the clone wars started coming out people were like yeah no one's really paying attention and then the sequel trilogy came out you know and then people started people started to love the prequels and shit on the sequel trilogy Mm -hmm. And now it's so funny that statement that you made about Boba Fett because if this is the new the new bad, then <laughs> the new bad. <laughs> well, I like I don't know what else to call it, but if this is the new bad, the new hot shit, <laughs> <laughs> then maybe I mean maybe some someday people will like look to the sequel trilogy and be like, man, that those were the days when the sequel trilogy was coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> JJ Hatman, that guy was so good. <laughs> he is good. JJ's a brilliant director. Yeah. He got caught up in the in the machine. In the machine, yeah, honestly, because I still think it wasn't his fault. I don't blame him. He was trying to do the best thing that he could. Anyway, book of Boba Fett. Watch episodes five through seven. Don't watch the or first five four. and six. Or wait for me to fan edit yes. something together. The Steven Cut. Release the Steven Cut. <laughs> Sorry, Bryce. Love you. Love you, Bryce. Uh, thanks for listening. Here's the terrible score from The Book of Boba Fett. Is it Gorenson who did the score? Yes. Uh, here's some music from The Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> to quote Watchmen, um, um. God help us all. <laughs> <laughs> Dum dum dum